Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People Podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. We recently sat down as interviewees with our friends, our new friends, uh, Matt and Anna, who are the hosts of Veg Talk Podcast. And after learning a little bit about them, we thought, oh my gosh, their lives are so cool. They live in a van and they Mm -hmm. maintain a plant-based lifestyle. And as people are moving toward that type of living, that lifestyle of minimalism, minimalism, tiny, tiny space living, uh, living in a van, traveling, we thought this might be a cool episode. So uh, let's cover it. But before we jump into the episode, we want to give a big thank you to this episode's sponsor, which is Modern Table. Modern Table is a brand I just discovered relatively recently, and I fell in love with pretty much instantly. They make this delicious vegan mac and cheese. It's like a boxed mac and cheese that totally reminds me of the mac I used to eat as a kid. And... um it's actually a little healthier than most mac and cheese because the pasta is made from red lentil flours, white rice, and pea protein. That's it. I have been on like a personal mission to try all of the mac and cheese on planet Earth that is vegan and plant-based. I am such a diehard lover, uh, but also I have very particular standards of my mac and cheese. So the fact that I love this mac and cheese, even though it is not filled with gluten <laughs> the way that I usually love it, um, is really uh, has blown my mind. Modern Table, you're amazing for making this deliciousness. They also make regular pasta, so non-mac and cheese pasta that is super high in protein, which my husband loves 20 grams of protein. Wow. That's, that's really good. (laughs) Yeah. So check that out too. Yeah. And if you guys have seen Tony and I did a pasta taste test video one time where we tried all these alternative pastas and a lot of the ones that were made from like red lentils and stuff, I didn't like, cause they were crumbly. They fell apart. They just like, didn't give me the mouthfeel of pasta that I was looking for. And this, this brand modern table has like really nailed it. It's super delicious. I really encourage you guys to look out for modern table in stores online, check them out. And we will include some more notes about them in the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com. Thank you, modern table. Thank you, modern table. And without further ado, we'd like to jump into the episode. Hi, this is Matt Davey. And this is Anna Alarcon. Welcome to the, the Plant Power People Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> awesome. We're mixing things up a little bit today. <laughs> and Tony and I let our guests introduce the podcast. Welcome, you guys. We're so excited to dive into a topic that's actually a pretty hot topic these days. Van living is like blowing up. We're all realizing like we don't need all this stuff in our life or to be di- tied down to a place. Just experience freedom. Pack up your stuff move into a van, drive all around the world, meet all the people. Um, But what's really cool about our guests today is they're going to talk about how they do it all vegan style. And what I love about this is that it's not only for people who are living in vans, but people go on road trips all the time. They want to pack up their families and go on a budget-friendly trip. And I know that for us growing up, that was a way to save money, not putting everyone in a plane, but rather in a car and going to national parks or or just even a hotel in Monterey or Carmel, which is only two hours from us. Uh, so yeah, that's why we are so excited to have them on the podcast today. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, we actually, we were really delighted. We just both recorded with them for their podcast and we will link the episodes to those in the show notes as well. But can you guys take a moment and just introduce yourselves? Um, tell us a little about yourselves, like in brief now, but also how life began for you. <laughs> Let's start with Anna. Where are you from? What's your background? What's your story? Cool. Um, let's do the elevator pitch. Um, so I was born in Jersey City, but I don't consider myself a Jersey girl. No offense to anyone that is from Jersey, but I was there for like six months out of my life. And then my parents packed everything up and moved back to Mexico. Um, and I grew up where my parents grew up in the town called Xochitepec in Morelos, which is in the middle of the country. I had a very, what I could consider normal life uh, in like middle-class Mexico, you know, like private schools, but like also like the small town Mexico. So like tortillerias and pozole and like the typical like Mexican lifestyle. I, I was very lucky that my parents like worked pretty hard and put us through private education, especially in Mexico where like education is definitely more expensive and it's not as affordable and public education is not as seen as the way that you should do it. So I was very lucky. I was very privileged as a Mexican. I definitely see my privilege now as an adult. Um, I was able to live abroad a couple of times. I lived in Europe. I traveled Europe like four times. Like I just had a life that my mom didn't have and my cousins and a lot of my family didn't have. But I guess at the time I didn't see that until now. Um, after college, I was unemployed doing freelancing because I didn't want to get like a job and I don't know, I was living that life, I guess. And I had to come to America to do some like citizenship stuff. And my mom was like, you should go now. You don't have a job. Like what is freelancing? And I was like, fine. <laughs> so I came to New Jersey and I stayed with my grandma and my aunt and met a couple of friends in New York because they were going there for like vacation as well. And all of them, they were like, what are you doing in Mexico? Like, Cuernavaca, what are you doing there? Like, you don't have a job. And I was like, thank you again. Uh, <laughs> you are a citizen. You speak English. Like, just stay. Like, even if you like, wait, you're a waitress or like cleaning bathrooms, like hookers, just like stay in New York City. Like, you have access to New York City, like permanently. What are you doing? And I was like, yeah, you're right. So I stay. <laughs> I was like, mom, I'm not coming back. And they were like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, <laughs> sure. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know, 23 probably. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. So I found a sales job and move out with like a couple of friends in the Jersey area and Brooklyn area. Um, and fast forward, like six years later, uh, I met Matt on in New York or in New York and moved to Boston. Um, Wait, how did you meet? Uh, at work. Yeah. So we had like the same sales job, but he was in Boston and went to New York for like a training thing. And I was his trainer on like a new campaign. And how long ago was this? Five years and a half now. Five and a half. Yeah, yeah, six in January. So yeah, and then lived there and packed everything up again and been traveling for nine months now. There you go. <laughs> nice. And and then Matt, how about you? Okay, so I was, if you can tell from my accent, I'm I'm not American. I was born in Australia. Uh, so I was born in a city called Adelaide, uh, which is like the central southernmost. Uh, it's the major city in the central south of Australia. But when I was pretty young, dad got a, you know, a job offer in Melbourne. So everyone's heard of Melbourne. We moved across there. Uh, and yeah, that's really where I lived most of my life uh, before making the move to America. So for me, again, like I consider, I suppose everyone's experience is their typical childhood because that's, that's what we experience. But 
Um, yeah, I went to, I grew up in an area where I went to primary school, a 10 minute walk away from the house. I was very active as a kid. We were surrounded by tennis courts growing up. So literally at the end of my street, at one end, there's a tennis club. At the other end of the street, there's another tennis club. And then there's multiple within riding a bicycle distance. Um, and the beach. And the beach. The beach was about five minutes away. So yeah, really, really nice childhood. A lot of freedom once we got into our teens, which I really do appreciate now after having traveled to where Anna's from and seeing where she was brought up. Something we didn't think about, being able to hop on a bike and go into a friend's house or walking around the corner to a friend's house or going to the beach. I was lucky to experience that type of freedom uh, as a kid. And yeah, we used, to, we used to travel a lot as a family. But as we were talking about before, mom and dad would get us in the car. It was, I can't remember when we first went on a plane, but it wasn't what our default was. We were always traveling um, by car. And when I was in grade five, I was really, really lucky. Mum and dad took me and my brother, younger brother, he's two years younger than me. Uh, they took us out of school for a term. So about an eight, nine week period. And we did a road trip from Melbourne up through the outback of Australia. And then once we got to like near Cairns, which is the very northeast of Australia, we moved from the outback to the coast and then came down the coast. Is that normal that parents can take their kids out of school for that long? I wouldn't say it's normal, no. And having spoken to my parents now was an interesting conversation because, again, we were kids. Mom and dad decided to do it, so we obviously didn't really have any say. We didn't really question it all that much. But now seeing that, oh, they would have been confronted with some kind of concern, like, are we doing the right thing? Is this normal? Like, is it the right decision? And you see... You see that your parents, although they're older and much more experienced in life than you are, they still feel the exact same emotions as you do um, now. So it was cool to talk to them about that. And they absolutely said, no, it's not normal. It wasn't normal then. We um, We had to ask ourselves if it was the right move to take long service leave for dad when he did, all that kind of stuff. Um, But I think that that trip, and camping with mom and dad whenever we, we would go away, that instilled travel in me and wanting to explore. And what was that like? Did, did your mom cook? Did she, uh, or did your dad cook? Did they pack food? Did you eat fast food every, every stop? What was that like for you? From memory, like along the way, if we're on a long road trip, you know, a stop at McDonald's, that would have happened. Yeah, totally just convenience, you know, when you're on the road. But a lot of the time, mom and dad were really good at packing our own food. So we'd stop at like a picnic area and we'd have sandwiches ready um, to eat. Yeah, they were really good about that. And then once we got to the campsite, we used the camp stove. I remember cooking up, you know, breakfast uh, and dinner at, at the campsite. Uh, mom and dad used to budget. They used to have a little book where they would, you know, budget meals. They so. they must be so proud of Anna with her budgeting. <laughs> uh, we took a peek at Anna's system and she 
assesses what they have on hand and then buys only according to what can supplement what they already have and and writes out their meal plan. So I was so proud of her. <laughs> and honestly, like I still, I've learned a lot from Matt's mom. Uh, we have traveled with them a few times and we've done like long road trips and she has everything. She's like so organized and I'm, I like to be very organized. I'm like, how do you do that? Teach me that. Why do you do that? Like how much, like, I'm just like, it is pretty, I've learned a lot from her, from his mom for sure. Um, but I, yeah, like, I don't know. They still do that as well. Like they still yeah. like, but, which is pretty amazing. And that's how they've been able to travel so much as well. They're on a trip right now. So they're, in Europe, yeah. they just landed in Finland and they're doing a trip of like, uh, some of the Baltic countries. So I think they're going to Estonia, yeah. Latvia possibly. And yeah, they still employ all those kind of like tactics today. Um, but they yeah, do, yeah. I shout mean, out to Janie. They bring like she brings her like breakfast and oatmeal on the on the plane and everything. She's the best. <laughs> they took their own breakfast to to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to rewind a little bit to how you became interested in food and vegetarianism and then veganism and and then we want to bridge those two together because I think a lot of people want to know if you're traveling by car, how can you make it happen? I know a lot of people travel for work, uh, commuting far distances and would find that very helpful. Yeah. So I came across veganism, but I didn't think I knew what it was when my aunt gave me a book called Skinny Bitch. Um, I was like, I don't even remember. I feel like it's part of it's somewhere in my memory, but I don't I, the only thing I remember one day is reading that and thinking I'm not doing this anymore. And the next thing I remember is like me sitting on like a family, like barbecue or something like next to a pool and I'm literally eating rice and beans and lettuce. And then the next thing I remember is like, I'm in uni and I'm like eating tacos al pastor. Like it, it was part of my life for like such a small period. But since then I just couldn't like I don't know, like it just, it was always in my head. Like I knew it existed. I knew what it was. I was familiar with it. I knew I had to eat healthy, um, but I was changing my life a lot. Like I moved and stuff. So for me, like eating healthy was just like a diet or like eating healthy was like, you know, that book for me was like, it was pretty meaningful, but it also like tied up a lot with like, like diet, diet culture. So it was until Matt uh, watched a documentary, uh, which he was like, over three and a half years ago and I was out on an event on like a vlogging event and I just got a text I was like remember like getting this text saying like we're going vegan and I was like well I know what that is but sure like yeah let's do it but why he was like you have to come home I'll explain you everything and I was like no just tell me now like I want to know now he's like just wait and since then we went like you know we need to find a better word for this, like cold turkey or like the one day to another. And we're like, that's it. We're not doing this anymore. And I feel like for me, it wasn't like different or like, because I was cold already tofurky. cold tofurky. Cold tofurky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But it wasn't like something strange for me, I guess, because I already knew what it was. I was just finally connecting the actual dots to like continue on the journey. Yeah. So what was that documentary? So the, I think I was sitting in bed and you know, the way my memory says it was the first one I watched was Plant Pure Nation. And then wow. I think immediately after, Netflix told me that Forks Over Knives was the next one I should watch. So I think I watched them back to back, but literally within minute, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of watching the first documentary, I had my phone out texting Anna. Yeah. And I was like, we, yeah, we got to do this. 
Take us through your mind at that point, because you hadn't really been exposed to plant-based living before that at all. And so what, what, how did that shift happen in your, in your mind so fast? Okay. So I'll take it back a little bit, um, to, you know, maybe my life from the age of like 20 to 25 or six. So I used to smoke cigarettes, used to drink pretty heavily on weekends. And I saw food as kind of like a, a tasty, like it was just for tastes. I'd eat everything. I wasn't picky at all. Kind of prided myself on that too, that the fact that I wasn't a picky eater, feed me anything, I'll eat it, I'm happy with it. And that was kind of my mentality. Even when I'd moved to America, Anna was living with me. Uh, she got me off cigarettes, just making it very clear to me that I was complaining about it, but not acting upon it. Um, yeah, best best decision she's got me to to make. There are air, fi- air fives happening around air the table high. right now, Tiana. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we should be high-fiving you because you did the really, really hard I part. Yeah. I, <laughs> thanks a lot. But to, to her credit, she made it really clear. She just said, look, you're complaining about it, but you're not acting on it. Make a decision. And boom, made a decision, didn't look back. Uh, and then I feel it was around that point at the same time, Anna wasn't happy with where her fitness and nutrition was at. She went for a walk one day, didn't feel good. Well, I tried to run and he was like, I was, was going to die after like 20 meters. <laughs> so that, that provoked her to be like, okay, I've got to make some changes. And she did. She got into a fitness um, program. She uh, got us shopping at the farmer's market and we were eating just a huge amount of vegetables. But we were also eating, you know, eggs, meat, dairy, um, not for milk, but for cheese we were. That was the beginning of our healthier journey. Because before then we were eating frozen pizzas, we were eating real junk. Always had beer in the fridge, that kind of stuff. And that got us along that road. Documentary after documentary, like Food Inc. There was one by an Aussie guy called That Sugar Film. It just got us thinking about food. And I think after Food Inc., we started looking at the meat we were buying. And the chicken, I remember, I just vividly remember this one day, holding up this breast of chicken to Anna and saying, this is not right. Look at it. It's huge. There's no way a chicken is meant to be this big and this color. It was, so it was a bit yellowy. And she was like, yeah, you're right. And I never cooked it. I never liked cooking. No, I like, always I will did never, like, Even since I was a child, when I, like, if I see raw meat, I'll be like, gross. Don't just cook it and then give it to me. Like, I will never be close to it. I thought, especially steak, I found like, disgusting and even my dad was like how you want to like please super cook like I don't want to see a drop of blood on that like I found it like but I ate it like I never made the connection until that that moment so at that point the chicken went away we asked some questions where the butcher we used to go to and then the steak soon went away as well we dabbled in grass-fed and all that kind of stuff it, but economically at the time it just wasn't viable for us it didn't it didn't last as long because it wasn't as much. And um, it just literally one week we tried it. We kind of studied what we were doing and we were like, if we were to do this throughout the whole year, it, it just won't work for us with the amount of money we're making right now and how much we want to save. It just doesn't make sense. So I was at that, I was at that point, I would say, when I was in bed that night, 
it would have been a cold Boston night in March. <laughs> and, you know, you're just, you're sick of winter at that point. And I was watching Netflix and yeah, I watched Plant Pure Nation. I watched Forks Over Knives, texted Anna, and I was blown away by the health side of things. So I was blown away that I was watching Dr. Coldwell Esselstyn riding his bike at age 80. I was blown away at T. Colin Campbell going for a five-kilometer run at the age of 80. I had myself dead at that point. That was where I thought I would be. And they just flipped it. They absolutely flipped the meaning of health and longevity on its head in that moment. And all I could think about was my grandparents and having their health problems that they had and dying earlier in their, in their 70s. And um, that's what, yeah, that's what triggered it for me. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to take you a little bit forward again. Where were you when you were like, I'm going to get rid of all my stuff and we're going to jump in the car and that's just going to be our lives now? Right. Um, I think it started when we were looking at uh, tiny houses. We were fascinated by tiny houses. Was that, did that start from another documentary? Probably. <laughs> no, no. Oh no. We went to a trip with like a, one of our housemates. We were like living with, um, with, with this guy that we really like, was our friend. Uh, and we went on like Thanksgiving. He was not American either. So we didn't care about Thanksgiving. The three of us were like, we're not from here. Like we don't have family here. Like this is going to trip. Like we have like day stuff at work. Let's do it. And we rented this tiny house in, was Maine or Vermont? It was, it was like the border of Maine and New Hampshire, but yeah. it was Maine. It was, yeah. And it was so cool. There was like no electricity, no running water. It was, it was amazing. We absolutely loved it. And we were like, what is this tiny house thing? And I don't know, it's like Google knows what you like apparently. And like, it starts like giving you suggestions and stuff. And we just love tiny houses. We're like obsessed with tiny houses at some point that we really wanted to have one in like the New England area. And then we started to realize then that it's illegal in a lot of places. There's regulations about like how big your house has to be to be considered a house, um, tax reasons, because the government wants you to pay. So the bigger the house, you pay more. But if it's not like a certain amount, they're not getting any money. So like you have to like, there's like zoning laws, et cetera. And we're like, this is too complicated. We're not going to do this. Um, and after a while, we were like, we want to travel together. Um, how we can do it. So we started like, how we can do this long as possible. Cause I've done like one month, six weeks, but I've never done more than that. And, my, and Matt has done like six, seven months on a road. And I was like, that's my dream. Like, since I was like, I can remember in high school, I was like, I want to go on like a year trip and do like those crazy things. So that was like, that was always in my head. Um, and we were like, okay, we're going to travel. How we could do it as long as possible. So we started doing, started looking at like house sitting, couch surfing and try to build like reviews on those websites so we could like do it for a long period of times. And then we stumble upon um, van life, van life. <laughs> on Instagram and we were like, this is a fascinating, like I didn't camp a lot when I was growing up. So I was like, instead of camping, I can actually like sleep in my van. And it's like basically the same thing, but like you don't have to put your tent and you can drive everywhere. And we've seen like people going to Canada, Mexico, South America, Europe, Australia. And we're like, this is cool. So you said van life. Is that uh, the handle at van life? For um, us? us? Oh, no. No, no. Um, um, the one that inspired you in ooh. the first place. Oh, no, well, if you so... do like hashtag van life on oh, Instagram, okay. it's Got like it. everywhere. It's insane. Oh. And we were like, we want to do this. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like where it came from. And I don't know. You know what? Like you do something and like 
everything seems to like perfectly evolve to like everything happens and you're like, we should just do it. Like we started really looking into like how to build one, what we want, how we want it, how, what can we afford, how much we have and how, how little we want to spend. So like the trip lasts the longest. Um, and Matt started asking questions here and there. We started like looking into more like people doing it and like online. Cause we were like, okay, if they can make money while they're traveling, that means that we can as well. Or like if they can afford that, how much money they're spending is people, there's a lot of people being very open online. They're like, this is how much we spend a month. This is how much we pay for this. And, and you guys were already online creators yeah, basically. Yeah. So this would give you the opportunity to create and follow your passions yeah. while being on the road. Yeah. Um, Matt had, I a, had job, a job, yeah. um, but he was setting his podcast and I've been blogging for like three years before that. So were you yeah. doing it full time at, at that point? Yes or no. Like I was a fitness instructor as well. So I was um, using my fitness instructor income to pay my bills and everything else to be saved. So I was like, we kind of prepare for it, I guess, for like almost a year. Like we knew what we were going to do. Like we wanted to do it. So we're going to try to save as much as we could. Like I was teaching as many classes as I could. I was like taking any freelance job I would get. I would like do anything to like save every penny while I was still running my blog. And like no one knew that we were going to leave because... We wanted to make sure it was going to happen. <laughs> we're like, we're going to do it. <laughs> I was doing some interesting side work as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> so we had a full-time job, yeah. like doing freelance stuff. We were trying to do anything we could to like save every... Because when you're going to like take the leap and travel and you think you might make money because there's a possibility, but what if you don't? So like, well, yeah. But do you mind sharing how much you felt comfortable saving until you made that leap? Yeah. Okay, so... You're the guy with the numbers. I don't think we... We never really had a goal of like, okay, once we have this amount, we're going to go. Because we felt like we'd never have the ideal amount. But we did have like your, what you, how much money you had in Europe. I was like, okay, if I had all True. this in Europe for eight months and I spend like crazy, we know if we have the same and we're careful with our money, then we, we can, can travel. We can make it go a lot longer. So we had like, I don't know. So basically, yeah, I mean, that's a good way to describe it. So we kind of had a blueprint on my failings as a 20-something-year-old going to Europe and spending, you know, nearly 30 grand in like seven months or eight months. Um, but our lifestyles had changed dramatically and we knew we wouldn't be spending money on things like alcohol. Um, going out. And we can cook ourselves exactly going out and um, we can use those skills to our advantage. So... We had saved, I think it was around $50,000. The van cost about 10. Uh, and then after like phone bills, insurance and all that kind of stuff, we were left with, I don't know, it was maybe something around like 35000 Can I ask how you were able to save that much money? That's a significant amount of money to save. Yeah, so we definitely did like, budget but we were not like super strict with like budget but we knew that we were like we were still shopping at Whole Foods but we're not we were not shopping like you know vegan magnums we we're like going for the bulk section and like the 365 um brand. brand and we were still getting organic food but like the cheapest option and we were doing like the the same breakfast every day which is oatmeal the similar lunch and dinners like pasta uh, tacos because we love doing that um Buddha balls. Buddha balls and if i was going out to eat it was because i was getting paid through my blog or because i was getting offered free meals to go out to a restaurant uh which i mean i know i know not everyone has that perk but i had it so i was like i'm taking advantage of it um and just gonna like you know we didn't live in the city we left like we lived like a little bit outside of the city so we could have um 
a cheaper option an apartment we lived in a very tiny studio like anyone that has visitors they're going to be like what the heck yeah we didn't have many people over because <laughs> like it was <laughs> there it was, was no space <laughs> it was like tiny a, a kitchen a walk-in wardrobe and a bedroom and, and the bathroom it. was off of the bedroom so it definitely didn't lend itself to having people over but we but- were like we made a conscious decision when we moved there to say like we're going to move to this tiny studio because we know we don't have to pay for all that. And you mm. love tiny houses. We so. love tiny houses. Right. It was definitely like, <laughs> it ended up being a good experiment because I suppose it put us into a small space. Yeah, it was like um, a pre-game. For yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And now we're in a much smaller yeah. space. Um, but you had a shower. Exactly. <laughs> we yeah, don't have now. <laughs> once we had, I mean, we'd seen people go out and kind of, you know, try and make it happen on a lot less as well. So we knew we were in a decent position to do what we wanted. Uh, and we were confident in our own skill set that if for whatever reason we needed to go and get a job again, that we would be able to go and get a job again. You know what I think is amazing? Um, it takes a big leap of faith to leave your job to pursue your own passions, even if you have like a stable work environment. <laughs> but you guys, and then of course it takes a huge leap of faith to leave your home and go in a van and that takes so much work and finances and everything behind that. But you did them both like at the same time, <laughs> pretty much at the same time. <laughs> like you double jumped in. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, thank you. But I feel like for me personally, it wasn't like a huge deal because I've been working at least like part-time for myself for a while and like teaching fitness classes feels like you're your own boss, boss anyway because you don't like I was lucky with a studio that I was teaching now that it felt like I just went up in the studio taught and left like it felt like it was mine like it didn't feel like I had to sit down at a you know at a desk job so like I, I feel like I still had that like it wasn't that hard for me yeah I had the freedom it wasn't that hard but like for Matt where he was used to like sit down at a desk nine to five um had a list of things that he had to do for his work and then like leave and then try to figure out what your schedule now is with a podcast and what is the marketing things that you need to do. Well, like, you know, and then travel. It was like, yeah, it's definitely a lot. All right. So take us inside this van that (laughs) you guys got and it has changed your life for the past many months. Uh, What's it like? What do you have in there? What don't you have in there? Like take us through what life in that van is like. Okay. So basically... The model is a Ford E250. So if you're American, picture an old Comcast van. That kind of, it's a, you know, it's wide on the outside and it's it's definitely not a sprinter. So there's no like massive headroom. It totally, like my neighbors right now probably think someone's fixing our telephone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Does it have windows? So there's, there are back windows. So there's two back windows but apart from that, the side panels, are they're covered. So we've got the windscreen, driver's side window, passenger window, and two back windows. Have you ever thought about creating a cool mural? Ooh, <laughs> yes, so but... basically the cool thing with van life, that it's inevitable that you will end up in a city. You have to go for food. You have to go sometimes... Sometimes to sleep. I mean, when Anna was in uh, the Bahamas for a little bit, I was on my own and I found myself for the first time choosing Walmart as a place to park and sleep because there are other van lifers you feel safe on your own um, rather than maybe somewhere on a dirt road in Arizona. So um, you have to go into a city at some point. It is inevitable. 
what our van does a really good job of is just Blend letting in. us fly under the radar. So, yeah, we don't, for that reason, we don't really want to advertise that we're. That everything we own is inside. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's the other half of it. Literally everything we have is inside. So we yeah. minimalize massively. There's no storage anywhere else. That's it. Wow, yeah. And um, yeah, so. Let, let me do a little van tour. If you close your eyes and you think of the Comcast van, on the top, we have a solar panel. That solar panel runs down into uh, the van where there's like an inverter, a battery inverter. Does that come with it? So the guys, big shout out to Sam Putzies and Juliet Orleans. They made the van. We were just lucky enough to run into them at the right time on Instagram and end up purchasing this van from them. Um, so... Yeah, big shout out to with those a, guys. But he came with a van, yeah. Cool. Like and, customized. And were they local to you or did you have to fly to go pick up the van somewhere? They were finishing up in Montreal. So they're from Europe. They're from Belgium. But Sam had lived some of his life in Montreal at some stage. So his parents own a house there and that gave them a base in North America to firstly come over here, buy the van, van build the van, which was Super convenient for them, um, but that's where their trip was ending up. We were in Boston. It's only six hours south. So when that all came to be, it worked really well because it, um, yeah. it, it wasn't that bad. We were actually in New York. We had this hectic time around yeah. purchasing the van. So I was doing a house sit in Tennessee. Anna was having some trouble with her passport. Yeah. The passport stuff got solved literally the day that Sam said, we need to get this rolling. He texts me saying, this is the cutoff date. That night, Anna calls me, guess what? I have my passport yeah. in my hand. And we were like, thank God for that. Left Tennessee, went back to Boston. Two days later, we flew to Baltimore. After the food show in Baltimore, we went to New York. I ran a three-quarter marathon in Central Park. And then the day after... No, the that, same night, night, yeah. that night we flew to Montreal and the next day we bought the van. Yeah. So we had this hectic period of time where we bought the van and brought it back to Boston. That reminds me of Tony's life. <laughs> 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 I feel like she hits like four countries a week somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, wait. So wait, finish taking us through the van. Okay. So, so you walk in the side doors, you open them up and you'll see wood paneling in the inside. So it's got a bit of a cabin feel to it. And directly in front is an, it's like an Ikea TV cabinet that they carved a sink into with a little tap. Uh, and then in the, in the cabinet space underneath, we have like our spices, coffee, AeroPress, cutlery. Uh, and then on the other side, we have a cooler, which is now our fridge. We have our stove, which is portable. So we bring it out on top of the bench when we want to cook inside, if we want to cook outside, we can do that. Is it like a, a single burner or is it a, an actual stove top? It's like a little camp, <laughs> little camp double burner. Yeah. That's it. Um, and then there's some room for pots and pans behind the driver's seat. There's like fake wood floor. And then there's a bed. And underneath the bed is where we have all our storage. The crazy thing is like how beautiful it looks in these vans. Like, and you see it on Instagram and the pictures you guys just showed me were like, this is a beautiful space. <laughs> like, I have a hard time keeping my house tidy, but oh, you, you learn. Some, somehow managed to keep such a beautiful space and it all looks so modern and like customized 
perfectly make, take the most advantage of every nook and cranny and space you have within it. But also like when you're used to just shedding the things you don't need and living as minimalistically as you can, you realize like in that small space, you can get everything you need to prepare all your plant-based meals, travel, have live your entire life. Yeah. It's crazy. It's Before awesome. we move into plant-based meals, which I, Michelle just mentioned, and I really, really want to talk about, uh, how many outfits do you each have? Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's a I'll great question though. First. I feel like- you should, tell, you should tell a little bit of, just a little bit around how you had to minimize. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I always said that I was a minimalist. I was like, I don't have that much stuff. I donate every six months. Like I open my, you know, I used to literally like every six months, like, well, I used to get a lot of stuff through my blog. Like you might, you guys know probably, but like in fitness that you get sent a lot of leggings and stuff and shoes and Reebok headquarters is in Boston. So we always get like pretty lucky to have that. But every six months I'll be like, oh, I don't need this. I'm just going to give it away. So I thought I was a very like a minimalist until we had to move into the van. And oh my God, I was not. I want to post a photo soon of like the disaster of like trying to get rid of everything and selling and donate. Um, but basically now I don't have, I don't know how many outfits I have, but I think I only have eight pair of leggings, which is, I used to have like 60 or more probably. <laughs> um, and I just have one top, like, I don't know how big it would be. Um, I don't know in inches, I have no idea, but what I have everything, like I have only two pair so of jeans. Plastic tabs. Yeah, plastic yeah, 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 yeah. Plastic tabs. I have like two jeans and like probably six t-shirts and one long, just one long sleeve. Um, couple jackets and that's it. And I don't even use everything. I could like get rid of some more and I got rid of a few stuff in Mexico. So I could even do more, which is crazy. Yeah. And yeah. I, have, I have one tub and that's it. And I don't use everything in the tub. So I probably have, oh, what have one pair of jeans. What have I got? I've got one pair of jeans. I might have seven t-shirts, couple of singlets. Two shirts, two pair of shirts. Uh, yeah, two pairs of shorts, a jacket. Yeah, and there, yeah. I mean, there's some stuff in there that I don't even use, like in the in the whole time. So, yeah, but I, I had no problem with it because I actually didn't need to minimalize my clothes leaving wow. Boston. I, yeah. that's, that is all I had to begin with, really. Such I a came to America guy. with a backpack. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we want to jump into food. Uh, we've had such a fun time talking to you about everything else, uh, but time to get to the food stuff. <laughs> we are so curious how you maintain a healthy plant-based diet living in a van. I feel like it's like easier than what people think. I feel like if you are already cooking at home and then you move it into a van, it's just the same, it's the same thing. And if you're not already cooking at home and you go and watch their What I Eat in the Day videos... <laughs> cooking all this amazing food in the van, you'll be like, oh my God, I should totally be cooking at home. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's, uh, I think at the beginning it was hotter because we were going through like Portland and LA and like Toronto and it's like vegan heaven. And we were like eating out like dinner, like every day for dinner at least. And we're like, oh my God, this is amazing. But like this second round of van life, because um, we went to Australia and uh, Indonesia and the Philippines, but now we've been back we're like so good at it. And I feel like it's because we went through like a lot of small towns in Mexico that they didn't have like the options that we have in LA or Portland or like Toronto and things like that. So we were forced to cook, but I don't know. We just cook the same meals a lot. Like we have the same breakfast every day, like oatmeal. And we just make uh, like a little meal. Well, I make them when I think proud of that. A uh, little meal plan and like a list of the things that we need. And we know that we can only feed a certain amount of 
like fresh food in the van. So we normally like meal plan for like two or three days max, and then we do it again and exactly to know what to eat. Yeah. So if someone doesn't have solar panel, solar paneling and an outlet in their van, do you think that it would be easy for them to be plant-based still? Yeah. Cause we we don't have, we don't have a fridge. So we have a cooler. We only have ice. And that's it. So we have a big top in the middle of the front seats with uh, legumes and rice and quinoa and pasta that if any time we like run out of like fresh uh, food or like we don't have somewhere to go and buy new things, we know we can just eat rice and beans. Like that's fine with us. Um, so yeah, that's totally like- doable. And they, you know, they last you forever there. So that's pretty nice. And then with a the cooler, we just keep stuff like almond milk and like things that we can't make in the van because we don't have a blender anymore. Um, and just like stuff like that, like almond milk and like tofu or like tempeh and things like that. Yeah. And the stove, we just get these little camp gas yeah. cylinders. So really in terms of the the food and the cooking, it's just having ice in the cooler and having enough gas for the camp stove. The the outlets are really more for powering laptops, laptops photogra- uh, like our photography gear, uh, drone, all that kind of stuff. Um can you give yeah. us an example of that camping stove? So in case anyone is wanting to uh, buy one. So I think it's Coleman. I think yeah. that might be the brand. Um, but I'm sure a lot of other brands um, make a similar stove. It's it's one of those flip top um, stoves. So you flip it open and you've got two burners there. It has a hose for a, a, like a small gas bottle. And That's yeah, it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's definitely a no frills kind of yeah. um, stove. It's not something you would pack away and like go hiking with. No. It's not like a jet boil or anything like that, which I've seen people use in their vans. Um, but but you can yeah. take it like on road trips and like camping. And right. Stuff, like camping trips, yeah. Yeah. So you had gone camping before you were vegan when you were younger and stuff with your parents and cooked and all of that. Is it harder to cook vegan stuff when you're going with camping gear from a van or is that actually kind of easier because you don't have to deal with meat rotting yeah. and all that I would stuff. say so. I think so it's easier, yeah. Because, because ice obviously has a timeline, you know, in summer here, because f- the first half of our trip was in winter and we hit some pretty cold temperatures. So like in Toronto, it was like negative 15 one oh, week. Yeah. Um, that was Celsius. <laughs> so, so maybe well, say okay, like zero, okay. it might've been like, Single no, single terrible. digits, yeah. <laughs> single digits Fahrenheit. Uh, we hit that in Toronto, hit it in Minneapolis, so the ice would last. Yeah. So maybe it wouldn't have been such a problem. But f- from like the big picture, yeah, totally. I yeah. I I couldn't think of anything worse than having like <laughs> or having eggs. Like if you have like eggs and then you they have crack. like yeah, they crack pretty quickly, and it's, and then the smell like having a mess with like I don't know. We had like water. We have like now um uh. They uh, an oil thingy was it like the was it the mom? The diffuser. We have a diffuser now, and we sometimes leave it with water, and we forget, and like we pass like a curb or something, and it, you know, it drops all the water with the oil. But that that's fine because it smells really good. Like we don't care about that, but it's like spillage everywhere, and you have to clean that. I can't even imagine if you have like eggs, and then or like there's meat going off, and it's just gross. Yeah, I think it's easier. I think it's totally. definitely easier. Probably yeah. healthier as well. Yeah. So what's an example of the three day? of the three-day meal plan that you're making? Good idea. Okay, good question. I can read it from here. (laughs) So Anna does this so that when we go into a grocery store that we don't get like the impulse purchasing 
muscle flexing because yeah, you know chips are really tasty. I'm but- pretty bad at that, and I'm I'm bad with sweets, and Anna's bad with chips. So this is for us to get in and out and make yeah. our life easier. So we normally just have like oatmeal every day, and we always have like the same roll oats from like the bulk section at Whole Foods, uh, almond milk. Uh, we love pumpkin spice. <laughs> so we always have like some in there, uh, chia seeds and banana. And then for lunch, it normally goes, we've been having like sloppy joes, like lentil sloppy joes, because you can make a lot of it and then like save it for the next day. So we have like sloppy joes, like two days in a row for like lunch. Um, and then we normally have like pasta or we've been doing like rice pepper rolls. We like tofu and veggies and like a peanut butter sauce because we always have like peanut butter and liquid aminos and smoked paprika and just a little bit of water and it tastes like really good. Um, and then we also have like a lot of like burritos. So like rice, beans, peppers. So that's very budget friendly and all yeah. stuff that you can easily find while you're traveling across the country and in more rural places if yeah. you need to stop at whichever grocery store yeah we found them everywhere like we have we have definitely found like safeway has a lot of stuff uh like yeah a lot of like supermarkets have the same thing so like and they're super cheap so like we can buy a lot of like beans and they last us for like months sometimes and we've even like gone this whole time really trying to focus on minimizing waste as well because once you're in a van you don't want to accumulate lots of waste products because it gets it gets smelly. It doesn't look good when it's in your van. It's like you have to sleep next to the trash can, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so so cool. <laughs> we have really tried our hardest to soak chickpeas in advance, to soak beans in advance, take the time to cook it because the gas bottles don't cost that much. So to and us, they last it's worth, a while. And they last a while. So it's, it's worth taking that time to slow down and just be conscious of what we're purchasing and how we're contributing to the whole waste cycle. Okay. So along all of your adventures, I mean, you've experienced a lot. Um, You've probably seen a lot of different spaces that are vegan friendly, not vegan friendly. Like what are some cool things you picked up along the way on your journey? Um, Yeah. I think like my favorite city as a vegan is Melbourne. I feel like Melbourne is very friendly to walk or like to bike. Um, (laughs) but also, um, but also has a lot of options. I feel like in that city, they do have options everywhere. Like it doesn't matter which cafeteria you go, like which restaurants you go, even if it's not vegan, there's going to be an option, which is like pretty cool. And they have like the craziest restaurants. Like, I feel like, yes, LA is great and New York is great, but I feel like down there, they have some restaurants that you're like, what the heck is this? It's delicious and like so creative and I love it personally. I think we had the hardest time in the Philippines just because we went to an area that is not touristy at all. Um, So it's not like, you know, westernized or whatever. And we didn't take our van to the Philippines. Yeah, we didn't have, yeah. (laughs) I'm curious where the most surprising place in the United States uh, was for you when when you're traveling across and you thought, oh, there's definitely going to be no vegan option here, but then there was. Huh. Good question. I don't That's know. That's a fantastic question. I don't know. I feel like... For, I mean, for me, my favorite my favorite vegan city is New York City. I love that place just in terms of transport and, and, the, and the options they have available. But in terms of surprises... Where do you park your van in New York City? So <laughs> we didn't like, the van, luckily yeah. enough, we never had to go through yeah, New York yeah, City yeah. with the van. Yeah, we passed it. But I, feel, I don't know. Surprise? I don't know if we have one in America, but in Mexico, Mexico City was like the most, yeah. like I didn't think Mexico City was going to happen. 
anything. Like maybe one of those like old typical vegetarian places, I thought, but oh my God, it's insane. Like if you can go to Mexico City, just take a vegan food tour. It's insane, like crazy. I was really surprised. Uh, my husband, we drove him across the country when he moved over to California. He came from Maryland and first we went down to see his parents in Florida. And then we drove across the country to California. So we took about two weeks and I was really surprised by how vegan friendly it was. We did a lot of what you did and ate, but we cooked at the hotel. And, um, and then we stayed at places with free continental breakfast a lot of times, like a lot of the even cheaper places have oatmeal and fruit for you in the morning. So we tried to stay at those and, uh, and the places that were super surprising, I, I stopped in Jackson, mm. uh, Jackson, Mississippi, and there was a, an amazing place called Cool Owls that had er, herbivorous butcher sandwiches. Mm. I was so surprised. And then uh, we stopped at a, a vegan restaurant in uh, Kansas. Wow. I know. It was, it was amazing. And then uh, with, with fast food, I that was like a last resort, but we did have fast food a few times. And with places like Burger King and the Impossible Burger and Carl's Jr. with the Beyond Burger and even Taco Bell having a lot of vegetarian options, vegan options, uh, it, it made it so that even if we were in the most rural place, we had something to eat. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I feel like, at least for me, it was like, it was surprising when there was not an option in America, you know, like even the smaller place had an option. So like, I feel like I wasn't surprised that there was an option. It was more like, oh, there's not an option. Like, really? Like, you know, it was like more like that for me. We were definitely like one that comes to mind in terms of not having, having an option was like wall South Dakota, which is a really tiny town. Sounds about right. Right. Right near Badlands National Park. Like we've been able to find almond milk or soy milk everywhere except there. There really wasn't. Um, but a place, I wouldn't say necessarily surprising, but I will say surprising on how awesome it was, was Ithaca, New York. Yes. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a friend who just went there who eats mostly dairy-free and vegan. Um, and she was like blown away. She's like, sent me a picture of this ice cream place that had like all these vegan ice creams. Yeah. And- awesome. And their co-op. It's amazing. Was like we were like, just yeah. by the time we had to leave Ithaca, we were like, didn't want, this was our first stop as well, by the way. <laughs> so it was our, our first week, but we like, didn't want to leave because the just co-op there was for the co-op. so yeah. cool. Yeah. So much bulk stuff at the co-op yeah. as well. That makes me really happy too, because Ithaca is a big college town and mm-hmm. Cornell is there, which has a huge veterinary school, like one of the best in the country. And oftentimes when you go to veterinary school, it, you're in Cowtown, like mm-hmm. you're in super agricultural areas that have very little for you. And that's changing a lot as like younger people and students are demanding better plant-based options and stuff. That's really, really exciting. Yeah. yeah it was pretty cool to see that. And Farm Sanctuary was awesome. Yeah. So before we sign off, I'd love for you to share your five favorite tips of how to save money and eat plant-based while living in a van. Okay. I would start with cooking. So not eating out because it's yeah. it's super tempting. I mean, you're going to all these new places, new people, uh, places that you don't know if you'll ever go back to. So you have to kind of fight that impulse and be like, look, we have a budget. We want to make this last cook in. Yeah. I think also having 
a list when you go to the grocery. Um, and, and, yeah, and having an idea what you want to cook and knowing what you have in the van. Like, you know, your, your space. So, you know, what you already have, um, how much time you have and like what, or what spices you have in it. Um, like really knowing what you have and what you're going to buy. And I think the other one, and what you're going to make and what you're going to make with it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think like having exactly what you're going to make just makes it easier to just buy exactly those ingredients and don't go like, well, maybe I'll make this. And it just goes bad after like two days. Um, shop bulk when yeah, you can shop bulk when you can. And then the other one is like stuck up on spices. If you have this space for like spices, like have a lot of spices in your kitchen, even like in your van kitchen. Um, so you can just cook whatever you want and like make it into like different culture food, like the same beans and rice we were talking about when, in one of the podcasts, um, you know, like could be the same ingredients, but with different spices and it turns into like such a different meal, um, which I think spices is like a big thing for us. And yeah. then I would say turning your dessert whole food plant-based. Yes. So instead of going out, you know, Anna and I, no shame here, could easily polish off a pint of ice cream. Each. <laughs> Each if we wanted, but more realistically, if we bought one, it's going in a sitting. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. And those things can cost up to 10 bucks these days, depending, wow. you know, if I know there was a local company in Boston they were and they were, about, they were about 10 bucks. And then the spectrum probably goes down to like, what, six five, six yeah. bucks, depending on what you're purchasing. But what we do now, and we're super happy doing it, is buying bulk uh, dates, medjool dates, just cutting them open, taking the pit out and filling them with peanut butter. And pu pumpkin spice on the pumpkin top. Pumpkin spice on top. And that became our dessert. And what we, we find is like we might spend nine bucks on the dates, but it goes a, week, a whole week or more to 10 days. Because it, it's so sweet that you, you can't... You, I mean, I can't have more than two. Like that's it. Like, and I'm done. And Tops um, two. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was five. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I know that you guys are doing so many cool things right now. Where can people find more about you? Yeah, you can find our podcast on Instagram and any podcast platform. So it's VegDog, uh, V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K. Or one word. Or one word. And VegDog Espanol for the Spanish version. Um, and you can find us on Instagram as well. I'm, Anna Alarcon or Alarcon. <laughs> and I'm Matt X Davey. So that's M-A-T-T-X-D-A-V-E-Y. And that's my photography page. And we'll definitely link those below. Yeah. And you guys need to check out also their videos oh, and yeah. just like all of their content on the internet. We will link that all in um, the show notes, but I just feel so inspired. And Anna, I'm like already excited for the eBooks that you're going to create about <laughs> like meal planning for van life yes. and just any sort of meal planning. I mean, all of those five tips that you gave for living in the van, I already want to apply to my own normal life to save money and eat healthier and all of the things. So this has been so awesome having you guys on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Also, I just realized I said we'll link it below. I'm so like, YouTube-minded <laughs> YouTube uh, that I was like, yeah, we'll link it below. But I really, really mean it's the show notes. Everyone can find your links in the show notes. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Guys. Thanks for having us, guys. It's been a it's been a really cool day meeting you and and recording three podcasts. It's been a, a triple header. It's been fun. 
I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I personally feel a little bit inspired to just like leave my house behind, get a van and go travel the world for a little bit. Both Tony and I know individual, some individual friends who have done this in life, who've gotten a van, fixed it up and traveled for a while. And just the thought is so freeing and liberating. And I just, I feel inspired. Yeah, this was a really cool episode for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it just as much. Yeah, I got to go sit in their van. I sat in their bed and they showed me what it would be like, like, to cook, to where where Anna sits when they're cooking, where Matt sits when they're cooking, because it's it's a it's a small space, and it actually was pretty comfortable. So, thank you again for sharing your experience with us, Matt and Anna, and. It was awesome. Yeah. And thank you to all those listening. And one more thank you to our sponsor for this episode, which again is Modern Table, the makers of delicious vegan mac and also healthier pasta. Um, Modern Table, you're amazing. I hope everyone listening goes out and tries the vegan mac. It's super yummy. And if you don't like it, you can come back and talk to me about it because I I truly think it's so yummy. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.